Welcome back to our podcast series. This is the next installment. Uh, we're currently on a mini-series here talking about 10 questions that the mayor or city manager uh, should be asking their uh, police chief and fire chief together. Today we're going to be talking about question number five. Um, chiefs, tell me what joint training you've done and what is planned. Uh, my name is Bill Godfrey, one of the instructors with C3 and uh, retired fire chief. Have with me today Adam Penley, who's assistant chief with the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office, also one of the instructors with C3. Welcome, Adam. Thank you. And we have with us Joe Ferrara, uh, also retired fire chief like myself, and uh, one of the instructors with C3. Thanks, Joe, for coming in. Thank you. So as we get ready to talk about this, one of the things that I, I often find myself having to stop and back up and, and make sure everybody's on the same page is that there's a big difference between training and exercises. And that so often gets lost. I, I see people very frequently, you know, spin up these large exercises, these large full-scale exercises, uh, calling them training. And, and that is really a very, very difficult venue and environment in which people can train or learn. Full-scale exercises are more for testing or validating whether or not your training has actually worked. So we've, we've split this into two different questions, um, and our focus here is on the training that would build you to uh, ultimately exercises uh, to a full scale. So here we're talking about joint training. Um, Adam, what should the mayor want to hear when he asks the police chief, the fire chief, the sheriff, what joint training have you done and what's planned? Well, I think what you're going to want to hear is that there's opportunities that when one agency or the other establishes training for those that might be involved in the management of an incident, that everyone's invited uh, across disciplines, but also across different jurisdictions and a different um, management levels within your agency. And what I mean by that is, is that um, Police agencies have training that's specific to their line-level officers. When you have firearms training or tactical training or uh, defensive tactics training, that's going to be very law enforcement-centric. Same thing with the fire EMS side. If you have training that's, that's operational in nature, it's going to be very unique to that discipline. But when you start talking about the type of training that's necessary to manage events, whether it's even as simple as the uh, incident command ICS 300 type classes or uh, active shooter incident management, those classes should not be closed to one agency. Those classes should be, you should invite all of those that are going to be involved because when the day of the incident comes, those are the same people that are going to be coming to assist. So training is really that first opportunity to bring everyone into the room, have the same curriculum, um, work through problems and meet each other. That training is a great opportunity to really meet each other. So the answer should be that we have opportunities to schedule that when we offer a training, we send it out as, an, as a training announcement to, to everyone that's in that jurisdiction or in that region um, so we can all uh, train on the same sheet of music, literally. I certainly agree with that, that, that when an agency has a training, that it needs to go out across the disciplines, but also within within the agency, you know, it's great to say, okay, everybody needs to get ICS 300, or everybody's got to have this, or we're going to have this kind of training. But has management done that as well? And has management, even within the organization, included all aspects into that training? So as an example, you know, from the fire chief on down, and has the fire chief reached across agencies within his city or within the county um, you know, if we have a large-scale event, if we have a large-scale disaster, public works is going to need to be trained. 
Um, engineering departments can need to be trained, you know, uh, post-disaster events. Sometimes, you know, being from Florida, you know, we deal with hurricanes, so we have a lot of experience, you know, training across disciplines. But are we, are we really sure that every aspect, I can remember the days of EOC exercises and the training leading up to them. You know, the law enforcement agency would send somebody on the training day. And the fire department would have people there. Public works would have people there. But then when we had the exercise post-training, the same people weren't there. So are we ensuring as leaders that everybody across the board is trained on our expectations? And specifically, an active shooter event, there are many opportunities. So, you know, at the line level, why can't, you know, company A or fire station A, the company officer has a, has a training drill that night and maybe it is on rescue task forces. We'll call the deputies or the officers in that zone and say, hey guys, come on over. You know, that's, that's, that's joint training on what we're gonna be responding to. And, and, and it doesn't have to be about rescue task forces. It could be, you know, maybe they invite law enforcement over to the fire station that day and say, hey, we want some training on domestics and how we're gonna approach that or the role that we're gonna have as firefighters and medics um, on a crime scene. You know, that's a, there's a big gap there. How many times, you know, did we stumble over something and screw up a crime scene when we should have had some company level training on that? So yeah, joint training across the board. I think you really hit the nail on the head. One of my frustrations, like the one that you just identified, you have some people that show up to the training, and then when you go to do the exercise, the people who show up are completely different and haven't had the training. Um, which is very frustrating. If, if, you, if it's worth doing, <laughs> you need to do it for everybody. Um, but one of my other uh, frustrations is this over-reliance on classroom training, on um, you know, presentations, lecturing, uh, even in some cases e-learning, without getting into the hands-on to reinforce it. Lecture, didactic material, uh, even e-learning, can provide a great foundation for background, but you need to reinforce that and bring that home with some hands-on. And that hands-on needs to build in complexity. And I'm not saying it's easy. It's time-consuming, it's difficult to schedule, it can be expensive. Sometimes it can just be hard to figure out how to train it safely with the numbers that you got it. But there are ways to do it. You know, somewhere somebody has already cracked the code on how to get that done. You just kind of have to be committed to it. You know, Adam, what are some of the creative things that you've seen done in terms of how to take it from the classroom, from e-learning, from lecture, um, and provide, like Joe's saying, some of that hands-on, whether it's formally organized or informally organized. You got some examples? Well, actually, and he hit on a couple of the examples. Um, from a law enforcement perspective, you know, as a watch commander, I would often have an off-site roll call at a school or a mall or some business um, where you do a walkthrough. And, and, you know, you don't set it up as an exercise. You're not, you're not pulling guns out, but you're walking through and, and game planning, you know, how we would work through the problems that this location um, offers. And the same thing, we would call our local fire station that has that territory and have them meet us there for that roll call and do a walkthrough and just talk to each other and, and discover that, hey, uh, on the back here, they, they have this door barred and we don't have a key to it. How would we get past that problem? So again, just in your daily activity, you can incorporate training and planning and preparedness into actionable things that you can do on a daily basis. And then like Joe mentioned as well, 
not only do you want to do that at the line level, but your your management needs to get involved as well. And as a city manager, um, you would want to to know that your chiefs of your departments know that there are outside resources available. The National Preparedness Domestic the, the National Domestic Preparedness Consortium that has multiple training officers over training offerings over six different types of disciplines across the country that are free to send first responders to and that we don't have to reinvent the wheel we can we can use a great deal of resources that are already offered um, by FEMA and by the training consortiums that are out there that focus on specific needs that we have in our communities I think that's a great answer Joe how about you any any creative things that jump into your mind that you think of you know managing like the fire department has some interesting shift challenges, uh, you know, with the one on three day off schedule for most, you know, what are, what are a couple of the creative things that you stick out in your mind? Well, and you mentioned the shift challenges. Also, there's also challenges with, you know, how training is paid for, you know, we always, we always hate to get on that topic, but um, there is a financial aspect to it. So are we doing it on duty? And if we're doing it on duty, what are we doing about service coverage? So those are some challenges that chiefs need to deal with. And if it's not on duty, you know, there's overtime issues and, and all those things that come into play about, you know, whether training's paid for, whether it's voluntary, whether it's mandatory. Um, beyond that, it's important for chiefs to remember to include other disciplines besides just fire and law enforcement or just local law enforcement you know i would uh, i would think you'd want to reach out to your state police partners you know every every response zone you know have state police partners there so are they working and training with them what about your health department are you pulling your health department and those assets in your hospitals so there are many other partners to think about when we talk about what are the impacts on these joint events so and i want to jump in there joe because you you mentioned a couple of things that are really important that hit that, that help with the funding issue. Um, we've seen around the country, and we've talked to some of the others that, that help instruct this course, uh, that you have your private sector oftentimes is very eager to, to offer space or money or support um, for your training activities because they get to be recognized as helping in the community that if, if they help us provide some uh, space or funding for some active shooter training that crosses all the disciplines and the private sector that that they show that they're supporting the community as well. So I would say one of the way one of the creative ways to get past the challenges of funding is remember that you have your private sector partners that are willing to step in and and help and offer money um, and offer space and and resources. I think that's a great example, and it's funny as we sit here recording this podcast, we're we're in Indiana at Valparaiso University who is hosting uh, one of our uh, ASIM classes and provided just this beautiful ballroom and space uh, and, and everything that we needed in terms of facilities and access. So I think that's a great thing. And I, you know what, I think the other thing that needs to be mentioned is the fire chief, the police chief, the sheriff shouldn't be afraid to go to the county manager or the city manager and the mayor and say, hey, can you help us? with some corporate partners. Um, you know, we, we want to be able to do this. We need these kinds of facilities to train in. You know, can you help make some introductions and some connections? To me, I think it really does for the city manager and the mayor. I think it comes down to this simple. When you ask the question of your police and fire chief, how does each of your disciplines, I'm sorry, what joint training have you done and what is planned? 
that they look each other and they're able to talk about it and talk about what they're doing together, that they're not looking at you with a dumb look. If, they're, if, if, if they've got some answers, then you're probably uh, on your way. Uh, and I, I hate to make it sound that simple, but in, in a way it kind of is. It uh, gives you a good barometer of, of whether they're talking and working together well. I think that's a good place to wrap this one up. Gentlemen, thank you very much for coming in on this one. Uh, everyone, please join us for our next in this mini-series where we're going to talk about a very similar question. What joint exercises have you done and what's planned?